I want to, um, from time to time, it doesn't happen very often, thankfully, uh, but from time to time, I feel that what God gives me to bring to you is kind of contradictory to what I've been bringing. Uh, I think, we've been saying this, I can't say that, Uh, God is usually right, and uh, after a bit I come to see quite what it is and understand it more clearly. Um, And today is like one of those days, remember we've been talking about being poised, ready to move, Uh, remember uh, on your march, get set, bang, remember that? Peeping over the wall, the whole thing of of, uh, uh, being ready and poised to actually respond to the opportunities, to the times that God speaks to us. And uh, today, I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about being content. And if you see what I'm saying, being content, it doesn't seem to fit with being ready to move to the next thing or seize the opportunity. Being content seems to speak about um, basically being satisfied where we are. <clears throat> what I've sensed that God was saying um, to me, that I want to share with you, is how those two things uh, come together. Um, you see, if you think Jesus was content, uh, he was fulfilled in his relationship with the Father, uh, he didn't seek anything uh, outside of himself uh, in order to enhance his life. Uh, he was he was uh, content, but he wasn't he wasn't passive. Uh, he was ready to move. Remember, the Bible says that he did always those things that his father was giving him to do. So he was he was content. He was at rest, but he was. He was poised, he was ready to move. Um, in a way, it reminds me about my, my uh, grandfather. Uh, he, he was a man that just didn't really want anything. Um, he, he served God, uh, pastored in a church in the East End for 30-odd years, um, had really nothing in the way of possessions or property or anything like that. But boy, could he be ready to move as God spoke if there was something, whether it was something that needed adjusting or something that needed exalting or something that needed praying. That readiness to, to do that. Um, content and yet not passive. <clears throat> so let's have a little look at uh, contentment and uh, see what that's like we're, yeah, we're supposed to be content um, supposed to be at rest, I think that's what God intends that we are at rest in our situation in life and you know what this would be kind of enhanced considerably if you do the dangerous thing and the dangerous thing is instead of just listening be saying, Lord, is there any area where 
I'm not content. Is there any area where I'm passive when I should be moving? Is there any area where when change comes, I'm struggling with it in a kind of reactionary way? Let's, let's just stick with the contentment for a minute. See, we can talk about it, and most of you know about it, and I, I looked up and I did a teaching, I don't know how long ago, on it, proper teaching on contentment. I mean, real good biblical stuff, scriptures and things like that. That's not really what we're, we're talking about. We're talking about, Lord, I'm open, I'm here to hear you. Uh, and I just invite you to, to move from the passive of just listening to the active of saying, you got anything to say to me about this? you got anything to say to me about being content and yet not being passive? So I could hear and apply even as we listen and go through this. Contentment, being satisfied, being at peace, being at ease, um, being fulfilled. And it's clear, we know that God designed us to be content. He wants us to be content. And there are times, in my observation, where we're not always content. Not always in that place of, I have what I have by the grace of the Lord. And sometimes we can look for that outside of the plan of God. Uh, we try to feel that, that sense of, of not really being content with, a, you know, well, I need a better job or I need to extend the family or I, I need a change of job or I need a different friendship realm or uh, I need not to have to work so hard or I shouldn't have to do this thing. I mean, just a, a list of things that we can kind of try and bring to resolve that issue of contentment. But in looking at this, I felt the thing to, to particularly, um, I was particularly attracted to, was, remember the story of the children of Israel, when they've come uh, out of Egypt, and they're yet to go into the promised land, and they're in the wilderness, and they're led, remember, by the cloud and the pillar of fire. And I, just to think about that for a minute. You know, there they are, they've been traveling, the cloud has stopped, they're at rest. They've just got the kids into school, maybe the tomatoes are just getting ripe, the garden's looking good, and the wretched cloud moves. Now, how do you deal with that, not just once, but as a pattern of life? Just settling down, just getting comfortable, and... You're on the move again. I mean, and this, this went on for, as you know, quite a long time. This wasn't, well, once. You imagine that. Anybody ever moved house? Hmm? They say that it's one of the most stressful things in life. I believe that. That's why when we moved house, I made sure I was away in the Caribbean at the time. <laughs> I didn't plan it like that. It just happened that way. Praise God. Just imagine they keep on doing that all the time. For, for half a lifetime. 
golfer, everybody that was involved, most of the lifetime that was left. How do you deal with that? Well, then I'm looking and I'm seeing how it was dealt with. So here are people, they're continually exposed to change. If you like, they're people like we want to be, people on a pilgrimage. Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. They're constantly exposed to change. Scarcely time to rest before they hear the sound or the clouds moved and off they go again. But here's the key, and you find it, if you just look, if you want to just look in, um, in Psalm, and it's that the fact is they found their, their dwelling place, their dwelling place was not in what was around them, but their dwelling place was in God. The prayer of Moses in Psalm 90, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. In other words, somehow their focus was fixed, not on that which was around them, but on God himself. Their dwelling place, their habitation was in God, which meant that they were ready to hear him when he said move, but equally they could be content when that wasn't happening. As you know, Jamie helps me with this, and he also helps with asking questions. But he will ask the questions that I find difficult to answer. I wish he'd ask easier questions, that I can just dwell in the concept of things. He won't do it. Very annoying. You need to pray for me. I, I, I get no response to that at all. But my wife helps me. Often. All the time, sorry, I just got that correction. <laughs> she said, do you remember what it was like when we were in our other house and we just had the one room downstairs and you were having meetings and that sort of thing and it was getting very, very difficult as the children were getting older and we couldn't find anywhere to move. And... We had a choice, either to trust God and rest in him, or to get very sort of frustrated, worked up, under pressure. He said, do you, do you remember how for a year we felt we took the house actually off of the market, and in the goodness of God we came up with a couple of plans to sort of we put a television upstairs so that we could, as Daniel was older, we could send him up so rather than him to have to sit out the kitchen or something like that. It was a few things like that. But in the end, our conclusion was we had to, we had to rest in God in this. And then there came a time, a most peculiar time, when the market hadn't moved, but somehow, for some reason, we sold the house at a higher price than we'd never been able to sell it before. And then even more peculiar, just as we were about to go off to the States for three months, we found this other house, which the circumstances were just amazing. John Patterson, many of you remember, came to our house one day 
He said, uh, and we'd been looking all over the place, and he said, we're going to find this house today. Oh, all right, you know. <clears throat> Those of you who know JP, you know, he's great for enthusiasm. And One day we're picking him up, the next day we're all reaching up to him, you know. <clears throat> I thought it was one of those days. Went out and went to an agent. And he said, well, we shouldn't really tell you this, but this house has just come back on the market. So we said yes and went off on the planned visit to America. I mean, it's just peculiar. In the end, we look around and say, oh, by the way, we didn't have the money for it either. So what did we learn? We learned that Actually, there was nothing that we needed to do. We could rest in God. Our habitation, our dwelling place could be in him. And he could work out these things. Darn sight better than we could. We couldn't work them out half as well as he could. So, here they are in this situation. Prayer of Moses. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then, I'm in Psalm 91, jumping down to verse 9, I will make the Most High, if you will make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. What's happening here is that they have decided that they have placed their dwelling place, their focus in God himself. And they will trust God. They trust God in a situation, all right, never time to settle, but secure in the place or in a place of contentment because their focus is in, is in him. Lord, you have been our resting place, our dwelling place. And of course, lots of changes can happen. You know, changes in circumstances. You can be rich, you can be poor, you can be um, well or you could be sick. You could be happy one day and distressed another day. But there is a place, a place of being seated together with him in heavenly places, where somehow there's a, a, a protection, there's a contentment, there's a, st- <coughs> a stability, <coughs> excuse me, which is not about being copped out, not about being passive, because it's about being ready to respond to anything that he says or any move that he gives us. Many things can change, but not a change in the relationship to to God. You know, if he loved me yesterday, he loves me today. Uh, If he saved me yesterday, he saved me today. If he's good to me yesterday, he's good to me today. That doesn't change. We understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our strong place where we can continually resort to. What a great place to be. So, yeah. Can you just describe it, what we're doing? Yeah, so in this, this video is from uh, Phantom Menace. And um, there's a bit where uh, Liam Neeson's character 
bits where there's a lot of movement and the bits where he's still. He had to explain it to me. I tell you what, it's very interesting sitting here looking at you lot. You're a lot more intent on watching that than when I'm speaking. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Hey, this is good. There's a promise of God here that we can be in a place of contentment, a place of rest, and yet ready to move. And more than that, as the different and changing circumstances and as things happen or things don't happen that we want to have happen, there's a place because our security, our dwelling place, our focus is in him, that somehow we're removed from being at the mercy of every fluctuating circumstance or every situation that comes up. It's like a place of security, a place of peace. And you know as well as I do, there's a heck of a lot of people in this world that will be seeking the very thing that we have in him. True contentment. We can abide in God so we're ready to move. And we're not uh, tossed around like a boat in a storm because of the consistency of the one who saved us. Those who build upon God's word are like those who build a house upon a rock a very very secure place to be an anchor for our soul so what reason have we got to be content in God can I suggest a few and if you want to chime in with a few others that would be good why should we be content in God how about this one he delights in me If I'm looking for you to delight in me, that could fluctuate. One day you delighted in me, but it was only one day. Wasn't it, Chris? (laughs) Does he delight in you? Anybody believe that God delights in you? Come on, be honest. One, two, three people. You believe that, PJ? Really? (laughs) Guys, we're not just saying it's acceptable. We're not just saying God says, all right, I'll put up with you. What we're saying, he has set his love upon us. He set his love upon us and to the point he delights in us. No matter how good or bad or indifferent you think you are, he delights in you. You might say there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> I'm pausing. Because we've got to let this stuff have a moment to see if we could potentially agree with it. Why should we be content in God? Because he delights in us. Because he's removed our sin from us. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed it from us. As far as he's concerned, it now never, ever even happened. That's the nature of what God... That's why we should be content in him. There may be all sorts of people who have holding things against you or whatever the case may be. But as far as God is concerned, the matter is dealt with. It's as though it never, ever even happened. He's a strong tower. 
where we can go and be safe. And he provides not only the way to live, but the power and the grace to live that way. Remember what we saw earlier on with the sketch. The power to forgive. The opportunity to actually live in a different way. How many of us would say, you know what? I'm content in God because I found he is the healer of my body. I found that he can do what nobody else could do. He healed me. We rejoiced with Lynn just a little couple of weeks ago in the way that God brought him through that whole cancer thing. Others of you in the same situation. We're content in God because he gives us peace that nothing and nobody else can give. The Bible talks about peace which just goes way beyond the understanding. It's not even logical that we should be in peace in such a situation. I had that strange situation when I had this accident. Bizarre. I'm there in the whatever it is, the room outside the operating theatre, and they're telling me I can't have the operation, I can have the operation, I shouldn't have had water at this time, I should have had... So they're having an argument there, we go into the next bit, and there's uh, somebody fiddling around with all the whatever it is they do in the anaesthetic stuff. So I'm, never, I, I'm new here, uh, I don't know where anything is. <laughs> and then somebody else clearly had a, a colour prejudice, having a go at him. Oh, well, if you'd have listened properly, you would have known, and I'm not telling you. Okay. Then the guy turns around to somebody who I can't see behind me, but it has a young female voice. Would you like to have a go at this one? Oh, I've never done it before. <laughs> now, I did say, this is not the most confidence-building factor, folks, and the senior guy then did come and give them a, a right watching. But uh, I was at peace. Honestly, I'm not making it up. I was at peace. Yeah, look, guys, what we're talking about, there is a place that well, we can be content in him because there's a place of peace that bears no logical reasoning. It's, it's the supernatural power and work of God himself that's why we can be content in him I'm not hearing from you what about joy which is again unspeakable can't, can't really describe how or why any other reasons why we should be content in him why we could see him as being the place where we could make our habitation our dwelling place Hmm? Any other thoughts? Always there. Always there. Gary. He's empowered us to change, to be what he wants. Always near. Yeah. Good reasons to be content in him. Hmm. Yeah. See... If we're relying on our contentment to have everything sorted out, we've got the right friends, the right house group, we've got, if you like, all our ducks in a row, then they ain't going to work. Well, it's okay until one of the ducks is not in the row. There you go. 
Look, trying to have everything as we want it by our organisation, by our strength, by seeking to intervene rather than ask, Lord, what do you want, is basically trying to get all our ducks lined up. In essence, that's fine until it don't work. And often it doesn't work. Then we've lost that place of peace. We've lost that place of contentment. We've lost that place of readiness to, to rest or respond or yield to whatever he says at a given time. Anyway, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12 that a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. And we know this. You can have everything lined up. You can have, and we see it in the world around us. You can have money and fame and, and all possessions. And yet if you've not got the things that we receive as we place our confidence and our focus and our dwelling place and our commitment in God himself, then we don't have what we could have, that contentment which is in God. When I was looking at this, you know sometimes you come... You come up with a scripture and you think, oh yeah, I guess I've seen it before, but it really hits you. How about this one? In, in Job chapter uh, 36, this is, um, and uh, let's see if I've got the reference. Yeah, verse 11. If they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. Right there is a key. If we serve and obey him, Lord, what do you want? I decide to put my trust in you. These are all the things that I want. Lord, what do you want? This is what I feel I need, but I'm resting in you to release it to me, or give it to me, or not to do it. This is the change that I want, but Lord, I choose to rest in you. But I also choose, Lord, to be ready at any moment from this place of rest to move into anything that you have for me. It's a place of being yielded and focused. I will place my, my dwelling place. I will place my habitation, my focus, my, my responsiveness in you rather than in anything else and the things that I have around. So we can be at a place of rest, but not at a place of passivity. We can be in contentment and yet ready to move. We can be like the children of Israel in that place of you know what? It was God who brought us out of slavery. It was God who delivered us from Egypt. He is the strong tower. He is the safe place. And when you've got to move yet again, He is the safe place. And when you're not getting the, the diet or the variety of diet, you can either moan and whinge or you can say, He is the safe place. He is the place I would be. The Bible tells us that in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. And I ask you again, I ask you to seriously consider before God, is there something, is there somewhere where you could be submitting to a new place of contentment. I have what I have by the grace of the Lord. I am what I am by the grace of the Lord.
And if there's something that he wants for me and something that he's got for me, I can rest. He'll give it to me. If there's some place that he wants me to go or something he wants me to do, I can rest that he will organize that because I'm willing to focus on what he wants rather than what I want. Philippians chapter 4. Paul speaks, he says, uh, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What does that speak of? It speaks of a, a learning process. It speaks of a journey. It speaks of an adjustment. And I have a, a deep, deep, I don't know whether it's a burden or concern that we access this place of dwelling in God so that we are in a place of contentment. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. And we need to examine that. Because the very best place to move from, the very best positioning is that place of, I'm depending on him. I'm looking at what he wants. That's the best thing, the best place to hear the bang. That's the best place to be looking over the wall from. Because we can look over the wall, we can sniff in the sea air. Those phrases we've used from a place of being content in him. Other ways will fail. The name of the Lord is a strong town. Rest in him. What do you think? Confusing? Well, this and this held in tension. A place of contentment, a place of focus, a place of rest in him. As you know, part of God's calling is I travel. Travelling you get used to. It's no big deal. Recently, I was in a situation where I was travelling and I, then I had to pick up a, a rental car and I had to get, find a, how to get to that place or get a sh- shuttle to that place. And I thought, do you know what? This is weird. I'm feeling kind of anxious about that. Well, I don't know. I've got a phone number. I don't know where I've got to pick it up. All the times I've done this, this is really strange. So I hit upon this weird and strange idea that I've just been talking about. If my focus is in him, I can just rest that in him. Lord, I'd just um, like to leave this one with you. It was just God showing me something. I came out of the place. Somebody said, just go over there. I went to this place very clear and as I stood there the, the shuttle came along empty took me to the rental place I thought hmm couldn't have been smoother than that couldn't have been easier than that I couldn't have designed it better than that and I felt God saying you know what resting in me is a good place to be Trusting me is a good place to be. So my brothers and sisters, contentment required of God.
achieved, let me read it again, if they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. Remember, prosperity is not about how much money you've got. You know that. That's a wrong translation of the word. Prosperity is about effectively arriving at that place that was designed for you. Eternity, rest of the years in contentment. Ask the Lord about this thing of contentment. Understand it's not about copped outness, it's not about passivity, it is about being poised to respond to Him and resting in Him when things don't always seem how they should be or how you might want them to be, being yielded to Him. Amen.